Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to the Pillars for Purposeful Motherhood podcast. I am your host, Brita Wallace, and you are tuning in for Monday morning message and a prayer. So I did not prepare this ahead of time. As I said, I was going to start doing, and I am. Um, We just had a party here to celebrate my husband's 40th birthday, which will uh, take place officially tomorrow. Um, but we celebrated on Sunday, or not Sunday, Saturday. So it was just a busy week for me last week, uh, getting ready for that, and then having people here um, for most of the weekend, and um, just celebrating him. And then yesterday was kind of a day where I did nothing but watch movies all day, um, which is pretty unlike me, except um, I do that every once in a blue moon. I just need a day to decompress and do nothing. Um, And yesterday was one of those days. So my brain was not going to function if I I even tried yesterday. So it's like I need mindless things to do. Um, So I hope all of you mamas listening had a wonderful weekend. This morning, honestly, as I was praying about, because I didn't uh, prepare this ahead of time, and usually I get up and I shower and I'm just praying and asking God to prepare my heart, and I really wasn't thinking of anything. There was nothing uh, that had come to me, and and sometimes it comes to me in the morning of what I'm going to just talk about and and other times it's a day or two ahead of time or, or the, the night before. Um, and I wasn't, uh, I just wasn't uh, really prepared exactly for what I was going to talk about this morning. And then I'm like, well, let me read this devotional really quick. I have a, a busy morning and, and my devotional that I read is trusting in God day by day. Um, and it's 365 daily devotionals and it's a little book. Um, by Joyce Meyer and I really love this book because she has a verse and then she has like real life scenarios and her uh, verse today is Mark eleven twenty five, 25 and um, it's about forgiveness so I'm going to read it really quick so and whenever you start stand praying and if you have anything against anyone forgive him and let it drop leave it let it go in order that your father who is in heaven may also forgive you your own fallings and shortcomings and let them drop in. This reminds me um, that last week, one day, one of my friends was going through something. She is going through something that's very, very difficult. And we were chatting on the phone about it. And uh, she had said something along the lines of, I thought I had forgiven. um, And I guess not. And I said, you know, one thing that I've learned about forgiveness is that, and I learned this in church um, a few years ago, and it was like eye-opening for me, uh, is that we have to forgive people sometimes over and over and over and over again. Um, It's not just a one-time deal. So as I was sitting there, I was thinking um, that that was freeing for me and just it was encouraging because there were so many times in my life where I thought that I had forgiven a person that's really close to me 
um, and something would happen, right? Just something silly or small or even something hurtful um, would happen and all of these feelings would come up and I would feel this anger and this resentment and, and these this bitterness start stirring inside of me um, when those things would happen, when one of those things would happen and, and it didn't matter if it was you know, a hurtful thing or a silly thing or just a dumb thing or whatever, it just stirred up these feelings inside of me and I would wrestle with that. I would just be like, why? Why am I struggling with this right now? I thought I had forgiven and why do I still have these feelings? And I think whether, you know, and, and speaking from that person, um, like that situation with that person, I, that person never intended on hurting me intentionally, you know, like, and I know that, um, and even in my adult life, as it's happened, because, um, I felt that way for a really long time, um, it's not intentional. So like thinking about that, is helpful for me that this is an intent this isn't an intentional thing I kind of lost my thought there with what where I was going with that part but um but when something comes up and happens and I have to say like hey I thought I had forgiven here I learned that well I have to forgive again there's still things in me that feels triggered by something hurtful or dumb or silly and I need to forgive again and I need to continue to forgive over and over and over and over and over again and I and I hope that someday and with time and and some of those things I feel like the silly or dumb or even hurtful things that have happened in my adult life have had to happen so that doors could be open for conversations to be had so there could be true heart change um even though it wasn't in the most ideal way perhaps um like obviously there was a conflict and us in our humanness did not handle it appropriately um but i think the conflict that happened uh was meant for further forgiveness to be had for heart change to be had um and for and for uh and to bring to bring us closer in a way so one thing that uh Joyce had said in here and I can really really relate to is that um well first let me just say this She says the first thing that really helps her to forgive is to remember that God forgives her for much more than she will ever have to forgive others for, right? Um, And then she says, we may not do what others have done to us, but then again, we may do things that are worse. Um, And that, you know, she talks about sin and how you know, sin doesn't come in these sizes like small, medium, or large. Sin is just sin. So 
we all fall short. We all sin. We're all prone to sinning in some way. Um, And if we're just, you know, being stubborn about not giving our forgiveness and yet, you know, we're falling short and sinning as well, then God's not going to be so quick to forgive us. Um, and, And the verse says that. It says, in forgive and let it go drop it leave it let it drop in order that your father who is in heaven may also forgive you your own failings and shortcomings and let them drop he's setting an example for us i do this for you and i don't have to give my forgiveness so freely i'm giving it so freely because i love you and because um and because i want to set an example for you on what you are supposed to do when others do wrong against you is to forgive them, to let it go, to drop it. Um, and I think that God is just, and Jesus um, is the best guide, right? Is the best model for us. And if we're being honest with ourselves, even in, you know, parenthood, we don't always show up as the best models. I mean, I know how important modeling is. I know that that's how kids learn best is by modeling. Um, And I don't always model the best behavior in my own home as much as I would like to say that I do. Um, That would not be a true statement. I struggle um, in my parenting at times. I am much more... I think that as much as you have to be they say like a lot of people say well you have to treat your kids the same and you can't treat them differently and I believe that's true in some aspects of parenting but I also believe that's very not true as well because let me tell you why kids are different they have different personalities they develop differently I have a child with ADHD um, and severe anxiety. So um, he, um, needs different from me, um, and 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 then and then then what Oliver does, and sometimes I worry because it's just easier with Oliver. Um, And that doesn't mean that I would ever trade Jack or change him because God created him to be who he is. And, you know, it's me that needs to learn. Um, And and I have learned. There's a lot of things I have learned. But there's something in my head, I think, because he's so intelligent. uh, and, And his disabilities are invisible. So... And then there's, you know, there's a, there's being defiant, which is, you know, a, a, I don't want to say a symptom, but yeah, like of ADHD and it just brings on ADHD, you're you're more prone to oppositional behaviors. So, um, which we can see a lot of, especially this time of year. And I don't always handle that well when you're four or five months into this regression and you're just like, oh my gosh, like this is just so hard. Um, and, and, I, and I do, I worry as a mom 
because I was him as a child. And I worry that even though I, Oliver is not my favorite, I love my children uh, the same. I would not trade one for the other ever. Um, but I worry that, you know, as a kid, I just remember that, you know, I used to think that my oldest sister was my mom's favorite. And I used to think always that I was her least favorite. Um, but I was more challenging than my other sisters. And, you know, I just said to my mom the other day, it was, I understand as an adult that Natanya wasn't your favorite. She was just easier, right? Like, and that's, now I'm experiencing that as, you know, I have an easier child and I don't want Jack to think that he is my least favorite. I want him to always know, even when times are hard, that um, that I love him equally and I express that, how amazing I think he is and how much his qualities you know, certain qualities of his, I I point them out that are just amaze me, like his thoughtful heart, like he's just so thoughtful. And, um, I mean, puts me in my place sometimes (laughs) with how thoughtful he is, but we have to offer that forgiveness to our kids so that our kids, number one, it's the right thing to do. Um, and, and it's what God instructs us to do. So it's, us being in obedience to God, but also it's so that we can model that behavior to our kids. There are times where Jack gets very, very upset um, and because he can't have something. It's always when he can't have something or get his way and he has this idea in his head and he gets upset and he does not... um, I was going to say he doesn't handle it appropriately, but he's six. So he doesn't use his tools, you know, as if he was at school or in another environment, he would use his tools because he would be embarrassed if he didn't. Well, he's safe to express his feelings with me. So he has a meltdown about it Um, and it can get pretty intense. So I have learned that if I correct him in the moment, if I say, hey, like that's really not an appropriate, like I see that you're very mad. I see that you're angry. I see that you're upset. I understand why you're upset. This is not the appropriate way to handle this. You know, um, even if I say that, or sometimes I'm like, you do not hit me, you know, and like I'm very... um, In the moment, if I can just remain the calm, if I can remain calm during this this situation, and like I said, it can be very, very intense. So if I'm not like a, I don't want to say 100% at my best, because I don't need to be 100% at my best to handle it appropriately. But, um, But if I'm, you know, in just an emotionally compromised state, I guess I'll say, um, I mean, we just had the situation on Saturday. We had gone to the store. I set the expectation of how my kids were supposed to 
act in a store. Um, Ollie doesn't go to stores a lot and hasn't. Uh, he, you know, was a baby um, when the pandemic had happened. And then I started leaving both of them home with Chris. And that was always my time with Jack because it had, that was just how it was for so long as, you know, Chris worked and Jack went everywhere with me. And, and that was, that was our thing. So even after Oliver was born, I would go on a day where I could leave the baby home with um, Chris or my mom. And Oliver just wasn't used to going to the, to the store. And now I bring him to the store every once in a while and we're working, you know, on behavior, appropriate behavior in a store. I make him sit in the cart a lot of times because he, um, because he will try to wander or, you know, whatever. But a lot of times, since we're getting used to going to the store more now, he'll stay close by me or he'll just wander like a little tiny bit, but he doesn't run off. I have a problem with Jack running through a store because he gets an idea in his head. And then if they're both together, then Oliver will go with him. You know, it's kind of like he influences his behavior at times in a lot of ways. And it's not always good because Jack is struggling in, in, in some of his, uh, well, in his executive functioning skills. So it's very difficult. Oliver doesn't struggle with them, but he follows suit. I'm going to follow my brother. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. So they wanted gum. I told them they had to put the gum back because one of the things was that I had to get balloons for Chris's birthday. And we had set the expectations in the car. You don't interrupt when I'm talking to the cashier because Jack doesn't let you get a word in edgewise. And when you're trying to talk or I'm trying to cash out or I'm trying to Anytime we're at the store, he is very disruptive, causing a lot of chaos in the checkout line. It becomes very, there's people behind me. It just becomes like this chaotic situation when we're at the checkout line and um, constantly interrupting, constantly interrupting the cashier. Like it's just um, constantly trying to run off or do other things so it becomes very problematic and um you can tell like sometimes people behind me are getting annoyed i mean oliver has meltdowns sometimes uh because he can't get something in the checkout line that he sees and um so he'll get upset or he's hungry or whatever it is but um it's not as intense and it's usually he handles it much better. I mean, he's tired or, you know, whatever he's not. And I don't let him out. He tries to get out in the checkout line. And I'm like, no, you cannot get out of the car, Oliver, because we need to, I need you to stay here. Um, and I need to know that you're here and safe. And, and we just have to get through this. We're almost done. And, and then we're going to go. But, uh, but yeah, he, um, I said, you cannot, so I said, no interrupting. We're not running around a store. This is what best behavior is. We went over it. Um, and I do this a lot before we even get in the store. I uh, set the expectations on behavior and, and best behavior and how I expect them to uh, behave in the store. And 
I mean, 30 seconds in, he's interrupting me constantly when I'm talking to the cashier. And then I went to go look for something else while she was blowing up the balloons. And then he started running off because he saw something. Um, And so I said, you cannot have the gum that you want because you guys are interrupting me. Um, Oliver wasn't interrupting me, so I didn't take his gum away right away. Um, But I did tell Jack already he could not have it. And then they're running off. And I'm like, you're not getting anything now. You are not following the proper rules of the store. Um, And this is, you know, what the expectation was. And we weren't even in there for five minutes. So um, self-control is something that we work on with Jack a lot. And they actually because it's a fruit of the spirit, work on it at school. He goes to a Christian school. Uh, So it was something that they had worked on already this fall. But, um, you know, it's something where, like, you have to practice self-control, Jack. I know, and it's hard for him because that's that's one of the executive functioning skills that are lacking for him that are behind. And it's more like he's a three-year-old in that aspect. But at the same exact time, And that's what I'm talking about is like, it's hard to remember that Um, sometimes, especially when he's so intelligent and he knows, um, but he's very impulsive. That's, you know, one of the things that come along with that as well. And, and having a hard time with self-control because of the impulsiveness. Um, But there has to also be a consequence. Like you get to Yes, you can have gum, he asked when we got in the store. Really likes gum. I mean, it's like a buck. And I'm like, well, you need to, you know, practice self-control and you need to follow the directions I gave you. We're not interrupting. We're not running around. We're staying here with mom. Um, And if I never give him consequences or, you know, set an expectation, I mean, he was... I don't want to say it was going to get a reward because it wasn't going to get a reward for good behavior necessarily. He was going to get something that he wanted, um, but he did not get something that he wanted because of how he was behaving in the store. Um, So, but that brought on a very big meltdown and he hit me in the parking lot and I did not handle it appropriately. It was very, very overwhelmed um, and overstimulated by the situation and just what I had going on that day. And it was a really rough week for me as far as like just being extremely exhausted goes. And I said, do not ever hit me ever again, you know, instead of just kind of diffusing the situation. So a lot of times I don't I, diff- I diffuse the situation by not addressing it right away. Um, and I have those conversations later. Like, I understand that that was upsetting to you. Um, and this is, you know, and I understand that you had feelings about that and that's okay. However, it is not okay for you to ever put your hands on me or anybody else. That is not the answer. Um, that's not how we solve problems. And, you know, what did you learn from this? Did you learn anything from this? Well, you know, you can't be running through a store. You can't be, 
you know, you know why I took the can, you know why I didn't allow you to buy the gum, um, you know, and, and use it as a teachable moment. That would be ideal. Um, there's a lot of kids where you can do that in the moment where you can say like, Hey, I understand you're upset. I see that you're angry. I understand. And I understand why you're angry, you know, not being able to get gum, you know, that stinks and I'm sorry. This is why you weren't able to get it and you are not like to hit. This is not how we solve this problem. You can say something like that in the moment with a lot of kids. You cannot say something in the moment like that with Jack, no matter how appropriate it is or not. It fuels a fire. It keeps it going. Um, So I've learned that if I just become very, very quiet and I just let him say what he's going to say, we could talk about that later. Um, it diffuses, it puts the fire out, and he always apologizes to me. And he always says, Mama, I should not have talked to you that way. And I'm very sorry. I shouldn't have said these things to you. And he asks for forgiveness. And it's because I do model that behavior to him um, when I am not you know, handling something appropriately because my emotional state is, uh, I'm in a compromised emotional state and, and, you know, I, you know, fuel the fire that almost always closes the door for him to apologize to me. I almost have to ask for an apology or like pull for one. Well, what do you think you have to do? But if I diffuse the situation by meeting Jack where he's at and figuring out, you know, I've took me years to figure out what is it that he needs because he needs the last word and why should I care about that? That's a power struggle I don't need to have. That's a pride thing. And I believe as a parent, when we don't want to let our kids have the last word or we feel like we have to have the last word because of whatever. I mean, I don't, it's not something I've studied. It's not something that I've looked into. I just feel like for me, like if I have to keep this power struggle going, so I get the last word, I'm not, that doesn't help me accomplish anything. And it just damages the relationship further between me and my child. I don't care if he has the last word. Let him get his words out and we'll talk about it later because I know that it diffuses the situation for him and I. And if I just be quiet and I allow the situation to fizzle itself out, then we can have the conversation we need to have when our hearts are both open and we're both calm. And then he always apologizes. Whereas if I keep it going and I feel the fire, he does not always apologize, not on his own, and ask for forgiveness. So I kind of got off on a tangent there. Um, <laughs> with forgiveness and, and, uh, and with our kids and, and just saying that that's, sometimes that's what happens uh, with you know my kids too is that sometimes it's hard for people to say they're sorry and and offer us forgiveness because we just, um, it's like quarreling with your husband back and forth and back and forth or your spouse and just saying, 
You know, when is enough enough? When are we going to stop? Who's going to end this? Because when you're in that frame of mind, you're just in your emotional state. You're using your, um, I don't ever like to say this word because, uh, and you don't hear me say it that often because I have to practice it more, but you're, uh, yeah, I'm not even going to say it. I could probably spell it for you, (laughs) but you're usually using your emotional part of your brain and not your logical part of your brain. So you have to be able to get to a calm place to use your logical part of your brain so you can solve problems and you can get to an emotionally or not an emotionally um, so that you can get to that logical state and have those conversations, right? So one of the things that I'm just going to um, ask today of the moms that are listening is who do you need to forgive today? Who do you need to offer forgiveness to uh, today? And and is there something that you uh, are doing on a daily basis that you need to at, apologize for and ask for forgiveness for it? One of the things that Joyce had said in here was that she had a rough life Um Let me think of where I want to go. I was hurt so badly in my childhood that I in turn frequently hurt others with my harsh words and attitudes, but I didn't realize I was being harsh because life had been so hard and painful for me. The harshness has become, had become part of me and I can relate so much to that because I can be, I say, I say it differently. I can be a little rough around the edges and that is true. I can be rough around the edges because of the same exact reasons. Um, I, that was a way that I protected myself just like, just like she did. Um, and that happens in my life. Now, if I'm not intentional and careful, I can be harsh with my words and my attitudes at times. Um, and sometimes I don't realize it, especially with my tone or my attitude. I don't realize that I'm being harsh. Why? Because life had been hard and painful and that harshness had become a part of me. And I am constantly praying and asking God to like chip away at that. And I do believe that he is, but I also believe that that comes with showing me my heart because there's work on my part to do there. Um, And I believe that, uh, you know, for whatever reason, he could take it from me totally and heal me of that if he wanted to. And he doesn't. And it's probably so I can use it to help others because I think there's a lot of moms, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of parents who have had the same exact thing happen to them. And if I don't go through the process, how am I supposed to help them through it? So she has like one more third thing that helps her forgive and it's to remember that if she stays angry that it's giving satan a foothold into her life um and she says that if she doesn't forgive she's poisoning her own soul with bitterness that surely will work its way out in some kind of bad behavior attitude um and that one important thing that she's learned is that forgiveness is doing a favor to herself. And sometimes we have to think about the selfish 
part of forgiveness, even though I don't like to think about forgiveness like that. But sometimes we do, in order for us to start that process, we do have to think about that selfish component. Like, this is for me more than it is for the other person because I don't want this to damage me. I don't want this to change me. This is my soul. Um, And when that bitterness comes out and I have to forgive that person in my life over and over again, it's because I allowed a bitter root to grow for many, 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 many years. And there was a very long time where I did not offer forgiveness. Um, And I'm dealing with that now. So what do you need to apologize for? Are you harsh in your words? Are you showing up or in your behavior, your attitude towards your spouse or towards a child that might be more challenging or difficult than the other one? Um, Or maybe it's your only child or towards somebody who's hurt you. Or do you just project that on others because you have uh, bitterness that's just allowed you to become harsh um, and it's become a part of you and maybe you haven't realized it until now. But has that happened in your life? Um, And where in your life do you need to forgive others? who do you need to offer forgiveness to today it's good to be able to write down all the things if it's especially if it's something that's like really deep right like maybe your husband has done all of these things and you're just in a really bad place or your spouse um or your significant other or whatever um has done all of these things and you're just not in a good place And you feel all of these negative things for that person in your life. You can write down, you know, this is what you did. 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 I don't understand why you do this. I don't understand why you do this. I don't understand why you do this. And after each thing on the other side, write, but I forgive you. But I forgive you, but I forgive you, but I forgive you. And maybe you have to read this every single day. Maybe you have to read it 10 times a day. Maybe you have to write it over every single day and then pray for God to change your heart towards that person um, and really work on forgiving where you need to forgive because it is a huge part of our faith. Um, And God says that we need to forgive so that we can be forgiven. Um, And he is the model of forgiveness in our lives. So I am going to end there today and I am going to read our verse from our mom book. And it's learning secrets. So I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty I have learned the secret of being content in any and every circumstance or situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Philippians 4.12.
and 13. Lord, I've been through some tough times of great need, and you have been there for me and with me. I've journeyed through emotional, physical, and fiscal struggle and come out on the other side with a deep understanding of your grace and strength. I am in awe of how my initial fears transformed into contentment when I leaned into your sure presence. Having hindsight of your power at work has given me a new frame of reference for every situation I face. When my child is anxious about a challenge or my husband is concerned about the future, I offer support and prayer from a place of peace. I'm truly getting what it means to live in your hand and by your hand. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of contentment. Lord, I just pray that every mom who is listening today and who's joined us today and even the moms who haven't, Lord, that you just uh, help them to learn why forgiveness is so important, even if at first their mind goes to the selfishness uh, that we tend to associate with forgiveness sometimes in order to be able to start that process of forgiveness. Lord, I pray that you will change hearts, that you will soften hearts, that you will remove that harshness uh, and bitterness and, and just those negative feelings and, and those hard exteriors, those rough around the edges uh, exteriors that we have created around ourselves to protect ourselves. Lord, we don't need to protect ourselves. We don't need to create those negative barriers because you protect us. You are our protector. You are our healer. You are our strength. You are our peace and our comfort. And if we have you, we don't need to control uh, those things. And, and we don't need to put that tough exterior around us because it just creates bitterness and harshness in our attitudes and our behavior towards others, Lord. And and it becomes a part of us and it's not something that we want to be, become a part of us. If we're being honest, we want that bitter root to be uprooted and to be replaced with gentleness and kindness and love, uh, unconditional love. And, and you're a model of all of those things. So I just pray that you help us to be more like you, more like your son, that you help us to model um, forgiveness and asking for forgiveness and, and making amends in our homes, with our kids, with our spouses, with our significant others, um, with those that we need to, even outside of our home, Lord. And God, I just pray that you just help us to be content in every circumstance and situation that we face, Lord Jesus. You do not tell us that we are going to go through this life without hardship, without pain. Some of us seem to skate right by and never be affected or and, and are unfazed and, and just sometimes it seems like some of us are more blessed than others. And it's because we're not looking for the blessings through the hardships. And some of us experience deep visible, just really difficult times and, and hardships. And it's hard to see those blessings. 
but we know that they're there, that you bless us through those times, that you walk with us through those times, Lord. I have a little guy calling me. And dear God, I just pray that as we go throughout our week, as we go throughout our day and our weeks, that you just protect us and you protect our families, that you fill each mom with exactly what it is that she needs to get through the day, to get through this week, that you protect our children while they're in our care and while they're not in our care. I pray against sickness, Lord, in our homes. And I pray that no matter what it is that we go through, whether our week is a more difficult one or one that seems to be full of blessings, that you just help us get through it. And dear God, I just... Thank you for a new season coming uh, that that will be reflected in us as well and not just the weather that there will be some dying off that takes place um, as we reach the end of winter. I feel like there's still time for that, right? For those things to be removed And it reminds me of winter, right? Like where things just die so that new creation can come. And I just pray that for each mom listening, that we have those things in us that need to die off so that we can be newly created so that new things can uh, grow in us. And that we would grow that fruit. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for each and every mom. I just thank you for each of our children. Even the ones that seem to give us a little harder of times. And are a little more challenging. And sometimes I think that, um, you know, the best leaders in our world are those ones that tend to be a challenge when they're younger and maybe they wouldn't be as challenging uh, if we knew the ideal ways and the best ways to handle those challenges uh, with them, God. So I just thank you. I thank you for each mom. I thank you for each mom's family. I just ask that you be with her uh, as she goes about this week. And I just ask that you just fill her cup with whatever it is she needs. And dear God, I just pray these things. I just thank you for your goodness, for your example of forgiveness, for your love, and your example of all good things. And I just ask that you just fill us with those things today, God, and and moving forward. And I just pray in your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen.